In many ways, this is a, a feast, Pentecost, that sort of doesn't get its just attention. In the early church, this was the end of the Easter season. It still is the end of the Easter season. This was the feast of the coming of the Holy Spirit. And both the Jews and the Jewish Christians and the Christians understood how important this day was. And so a little bit about its background and why all these strange people were in Jerusalem. My favorite group of the Cretans were in Jerusalem. Yes, the Cretans. Okay. It was the feast of weeks. W-E-E-K-S, weeks. Because it was seven weeks after Passover. And of course, seven is a, a holy number, so seven times seven is 49, and that's kind of how we got 50, which is the Greek word Pentecost. And so they did Passover, and then they came back 50 days later, 49 days later, and did the remembrance of this great feast. For the Jews, this was the commemoration of the giving of the law at Sinai. Moses came down and gave the law. Of course, they were all carousing. So Exodus tells us he broke the tablets and went back up and had to get two new tablets. Well, I guess that happens sometimes. But this was the feast of the giving of the law, the Ten Commandments. The early Christians understood it as the giving of the feast of the Holy Spirit. That we are no longer under the law of Moses. We are free in the Spirit of God, but not so free. We have to commit ourselves. We have to love him and follow his commands and be his disciples. There is a commitment. And we all want that. That's why you're here at 1 o'clock on a hot June afternoon. Because we want to recommit ourselves to be the best Christians and disciples that we can be. We want to love him and we need his love. So it's the giving of the Spirit. In the early church... This was also a big second time for baptisms. Easter was one, this was the second. Only later did Christmas sort of usurp Pentecost. And even that became a, a time of baptisms, connected to Epiphany and the baptism of the Lord. But the point I want to make is that this is a great feast. And we need to give it proper respect and not let it be part of vacation time. Uh, I understand. We're, several of you told me as you went in, well, see you in two months. We're going to someplace cool. Oh, great. But this is the day that is so important to the church. So let me just make a few comments about what the Holy Spirit could mean, should mean today. First of all, it's the idea of being sent, of being church. 
that when the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles, they, they gained power. They were no longer afraid. They had been sort of behind closed doors for nine days. And they were sent. Peter knew how to preach, and folks heard about the good news of Jesus Christ. You and I, we have the same commandment. We need to go forth. At the end of this Mass, we will sing the Easter. Go in peace, hallelujah, hallelujah. We are being sent. Go. We have mission. We are church. So maybe the first thought for us is, what are we doing to spread the good news? How are we loving people, forgiving people, teaching people? That leads me to the second, the teaching part. The incredible miracle, amongst others, was that at Pentecost, all the apostles were teaching and preaching. And I suspect they were speaking in Aramaic. But everybody there heard them in their own language. Now, I don't think we can do that, but maybe we can speak and teach in a better way so people can understand us. What can we say to family members? What can we say to co-workers? What can we say to our neighbors who maybe have very different ideas about many things? Politics, religion, how things should be. Can we speak with a new language that melts their hearts? There is power in forgiveness. There is power in love. When we're talking to our children, can we, grandchildren, can we speak in such a way that they can hear something new? I think we fall easily into the trap of preaching at people, talking at people. So part of that, we have to be better listeners. But the other part is, can we speak in such a way that they can hear that we understand and maybe we have something better to offer? We need to pray for that. That's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, wisdom, understanding. So that's a second thought. And the third is the power of the Holy Spirit to help us be children of God, adopted sons and daughters, and to pray. One of my favorite passages is from Romans 8 that says, the Holy Spirit helps us to pray when we don't know how, with unutterable groans. I'm not sure how or what we should be praying these days. At the uh, end of Mass, I will share a short little note from the Archdiocese about some of the present issues with Monsignor Rossi and what's happened there. But how and what should we pray for our church and our future? How and what should we pray for our country, for our world? Obviously, what's been going on ain't working so good. So we've got to let the Holy Spirit lead and guide us to remind us, as the gospel said, of all he taught us. So those are my three thoughts. 
to be sent to have a sense of being evangelists for the world, bringing good news, a sense of being able to speak clearer and better in ways that people can understand, and finally to pray better. How are we praying? Can we hear what the Lord is asking us to pray for? That's my prayer for us today.